What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. It is myself and Matt DiStefano previewing week six in the NFL, along with recapping all the chaos last weekend in college football. And looking ahead to this week, this one was a lot of fun to record. We also talk about some of the serious news that came out of the NFL, the news that we're going to have a Monday night playoff game. Let us know what you think about all of that, what picks you disagree with, everything there. We didn't end up having a guest picker because of everything that was going on. But as always, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy the weekend of football. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, and joining me is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matty D, coming high off a pick'em win last week. How are you, my friend? This is amazing. We're already at the quarter pole. Think about that. Of the season. The well, I mean, I know there's this extra this week, but like we're four weeks in. Yeah, but remember, there's the extra week, so it's kind of yeah. weird now. There's, there's no six. clear and there's concise. Now. You're right. So, yeah, I know. So, anyway, it's, uh, it is, uh, yeah, we are. You're just right. I didn't think of that. Like, the math screws me up, but it's amazing how quickly the season already feels like it's in. Like, oh, these yeah. five games, five weeks start this week in the NFL for college. We're going to get there. We're going to oh, yeah. get there. We're going to get there soon. I just, I don't want to not give anything up now. Oh yeah. The nutty week in college. You're right. The bye weeks begin in the NFL. We figured take a week off from having a guest picker, a little old school style show, all one long segment. Talk some college because it was pretty wild on the college gridiron mat. We begin there and we had two humongous landscaping upsets. One in the Big Ten, and the big one in the SEC West. Matt, do you want to start with the Big Ten, or do you want to start with Bama going down? Let's start with the Big Ten. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, go. Go for it. Go. It was a nutty second half between Iowa and Penn State. Iowa ends up pulling it out. And the Hawkeyes really grinded back from – being down 17 to 10 at halftime, they end up taking a, or they end up grinding back from being down 20 to 10 and they end up taking the lead late and they held on Penn state had a couple opportunities there to tie and Iowa really held onto it. Now, obviously Penn state's quarterback got hurt, Sean Clifford, and they had their backup in. A lot of people are saying that's the reason that I was able to win. And I don't know. I, I feel like Iowa's defense really showed how, rough and tough that it was again against a backup quarterback, but still they slowed Penn state down on the run game and what Penn state should have maybe could have been able to do Matt, Give me a breakdown of this game. Cause I feel like we saw a lot out of Spencer Pre- Pretas, Pretas. They're running their quarterback. We saw a lot out of Tyler Goodson, 
all these guys, Hawkeyes. And we saw a lot out of Iowa. I think we, uh, to think the Big Ten West is an afterthought going for the rest of the season, I feel like is a wrong take. Yeah, I mean, I actually felt like this game almost was an upset solely because, to me, they to me, Penn State was out playing them until Clifford goes down. And Taquan Robertson really just – I didn't see it, right? Mm-hmm. So, no, seven, seven of – I know, I know yeah. Clifford – I know Clifford had had the two, the two interceptions, but he was throwing for yards. I mean, after that, it was really just the whole. You could see the whole the whole Penn State offense just kind of collapsed a little bit on itself, sure, um, and put its defense in a really challenging position. Which, which, and, and by the way, so Penn State's had some very explosive offenses in its time. This one, I, I mean, this is something that we've been talking about: is can the offense keep up with this just awesome Penn State defense? Um, and the injury to Clifford really to me, really, really cost him. And it also puts a, 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 an inexperienced quarterback in a position on the road that I think is pretty challenging. And so, yeah, again, I, I, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of tough because I want it. I want, it's a great win for Iowa, but at the same time, I think it comes with the asterisk because of the injury to Clifford, you know, um, it, it's, it's tough. I think it's tough there to swallow in that, in that case, Absolutely. Um, really, really hurt them. I, not, I don't want to, I'm not taking anything away from, from Iowa who just is, an excellent team. I think the defense looked awesome throughout um, the game, even before Clifford went down. No, he did. And, you know, it, it's a shame because they, they win on that, on a, on a deep cross where the Iowa, you know, wide receiver just kind of gets loose, which is, which really is what happens in these, these classic big 10 showdowns of this is not the big 12. We'll get to them in a second, right? Two of the best teams in the big 10 meet and it's scrappy defense, defensive football with, with you know, low scoring. That's what you saw. It's a classic big 10 game. Um, and, and, you know, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I mean, both these teams still have avenues, obviously. Let's just say Iowa clearly has an avenue. They're top three in the nation. They're number Penn two. State still has an avenue. They're still good. Right. Number two, they're still right. Well, duck, but anyway, we'll get there. So Penn State still has an avenue. It's a tough loss, but it is on the road and it's early. So again, even though I know we're at week six, week seven, excuse me, it's early. So there is still time. They can build themselves back up in the polls and get to a position. They have to win games now. They can't afford to slip up against some of these ranked teams on their schedule, but they have. They still have a shot. I mean, they're still very much so in this. Yeah, I would agree. They're definitely still in it. They obviously play most of their Big Ten East schedule. We went through that last week. Michigan ends up winning that game against Nebraska a lot closer. Uh, I believe Ohio State was on a bye. I'm trying to confirm that. Yeah, it looks like they were. So we see now, and so was, and Michigan State beat Rutgers pretty handily. And, you know, now we, they're all, or no, Ohio State smashed Maryland, excuse me. So Penn State still has to play all of them. They have an opportunity to really prove themselves still. It's certainly not a point to be overreacting that they're done, that the Big Ten East is washed because this, that, and the other thing, because Ohio State lost, because Michigan and Michigan State could be frauds, whatever you want to think. They're certainly still in it. I don't know if they pull it out just because of how good Ohio State's been. It definitely puts it puts the Big Ten somewhat on watch because now this is like when Minnesota beat Penn State a few years ago and then Minnesota fell to Wisconsin and it becomes this, we need the Big Ten to have two really good teams at the championship if we're going to have the point that Ohio State's representing it or Penn State's representing it as one-loss teams, presumably, or Michigan State, Michigan, figure out some way. They all cannibalize each other. You now really need Iowa to look that good and be in the position to be a 
layup into the CFP if they win versus a Big Ten East team that would then become a layup because Iowa is looking so good and is rated so high in the rankings. Remember, this is all AP polls, so them being number two right now doesn't mean that they're going to be number two by the time the first CFP poll comes around. The same thing goes to Cincinnati, who is now rated number three, and Oklahoma is rated number four. All of that could change because the the committee loves to see all the different shit that goes on and Power Five and blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know. We're in a really interesting spot. It's great that we have a level of chaos. I texted you that as soon as Iowa won that game, and you texted me about Bama, and I had no idea what was going on. So, I have a feeling that is the perfect time to transition over to that game. Matt, the tide goes down. A&M pulls it out. Break this thing down for me because it was pretty nuts watching the highlights the next day. I mean, very un-Alabama-like game for them. Penalties, mistakes, especially on the offensive line. Um, I think the 12th man at Kyle Field really helped them. Texas A&M, that is. But a lot of rushers coming in almost unblocked, it seemed like at times. So the hard part is we don't know why that is, right? Is it the talent? Is, is the talent on the offensive line lesser? I would be doubtful. This is Alabama. Uh, is it the game plan, right? Not sure. Or maybe, you know, look, Bryce Young's getting a lot of praise, and he should, but he's a young quarterback. And sometimes even at the college level, right, he's got to know – he's got to understand how to he's, – he's calling protections. Um, you think about it, the, the starting guard for the Philadelphia Eagles, Landon Dickerson, was their starting center last year. Mm-hmm. He was a – I believe he was a senior, right? So I think people don't understand the, the nuances of protection at the line of scrimmage. It's, it's, a, it's a responsibility of the center and the quarterback. And it, it appeared like they were missing blitzes. Um, and, and that's a huge deal, right? I'm a free runner. I don't care who you are. A free runner at the quarterback, that, you, that, that spells trouble. Oh, yeah. um, but it's funny. Alabama kind of got itself back in. And I think no one was surprised. I, mean, I wasn't no, surprised that Alabama got themselves back in, right? Yeah. Um, I was shocked that they didn't finish the job. That's what they do. That's what they've been doing in this dynasty is, uh, especially against an upset team against Clemson against these high ranks I, you know I get it they don't always come back but against a Texas A&M on, a, on their second string quarterback who had just fallen out of the polls this is a team this is a game that normally Alabama would come back and win um but good on Texas A&M they played great their defense stuck with it even when Alabama started to get going um and their offense I mean, again I think to me the turning point I, I gotta go back to it was the kickoff return after the blocked punt they take the next kickoff back I mean that just that stemmed the, the 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 tide literally and figuratively. Correct. Um, it, it just it didn't it didn't allow them to get all the momentum. The game was still close after that, but that could have been a killer. But to take that, it was just awesome, man. It was a great. It was a fantastic college football game. Yeah, I mean, to, to your point, A and M was up fourteen midway through the third quarter. Bama charges back. They knotted up on a couple field goals, or they actually technically were they were down, and then they ended up taking the lead on field goals and then Bryce Young kind of took over and you think this is a you know all right ho-hum here's another Bama win kind of sneak away from this thing but A&M battled back you mentioned the black punt and I don't know it's it's something where we thought this is the A&M we were seeing I I think I picked them in one of our picks early on and they lost to Arkansas who I did not expect to be where they're at and they actually had a a fairly decent loss I know that's kind of a weird thing to throw out but a decent loss to Ole Miss. They lost 52-51 to this week. Another crazy game in the SEC, uh, which is good. 
for Bama, for the SEC, that these crazy games are happening, not only in the Big 12, but in their own conference, so that you're seeing that, you know, you need me to be still good, but you can still lose kind of thing. Having said all that, coming back to Bama, looking at them, and you're right, it was a very un-Alabama-esque loss, and seeing an A&M team that had fight in it and kind of punched them in the mouth a, too, a few too many times for Bama to still commit mistakes. You mentioned the 12th man and how incredible that scene was. The charging of the field was awesome to see. And, yeah, I mean, I don't think we're in any position to think Alabama's anywhere close to out of this. They are certainly in a very good position in the Big Ten West, or the, excuse me, the SEC West to still make it to the SEC championship game, to still go see Georgia in that final matchup, which then becomes that question of, you know, who gets what, where, and technically, despite having a loss, Bama's still in first place in the con- in their division because they're 2-1, and one, <laughs> which crazily, right. Georgia and, and Kentucky have each played four games but Bama has only Bama's played three. There's some teams that only played two. Uh, the the weird unbalanced play conference games at the beginning of the year always throws things off. But yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. think Bama's by any means out of this whole thing. They've beaten Ole Miss. They lost to A and M, who's now one and two in the conference, which is probably the best thing going for them because they still have to play a number of different teams. So tiebreakers will go Alabama's way unless they lose another game. That's really the only way that they could find themselves looking on the outside in. Uh, for the SEC championship game, whether it's losing to Auburn in the Iron Bowl or losing to somebody else randomly, and then A&M somehow pulls their way back into this. That'd be really the only way Alabama's out of it. So it's, it's one of those early losses that you we've seen a few different times earlier in the Bama dynasty. You know, For that couple-year stretch, it was Ole Miss that beat them, and then Alabama still ends up making it because Ole Miss would fall apart. Not the case right now with the Rebels, but the season is still young. We're, not, we're technically halfway through the regular right. season. But or well, for some teams, but I, we'll see. Neither team is out of it. Um, the only hard part for Penn State is, in my mind, the top half. It appears yeah, they, like they still have to play the best part of their conference. That's the problem with Penn State, right? And it's not that Alabama doesn't, but if you look at the standings, right? I mean, yeah, Kentucky's undefeated. They deserve all the credit. They played so good, but I don't think they're at the level of Alabama and obviously Georgia. And then, and then if you go to – if you go to – I mean, Florida obviously has now a couple losses. I mean, uh, uh, and um, Ole Miss has a loss, as you mentioned. Uh, Arkansas, sadly, hasn't been able to keep pace. So, you know, yeah. suddenly suddenly there's there's less there's less noise um, Bama in plays the at, SEC. Bama has two more away games at Mississippi State and then at Auburn for the Iron Bowl. Really, the only way that they don't right miss and Auburn the obviously yeah Auburn's not playing very well. Bo Nix looks all over the fucking well, board. Well, and they went to but they and, and you know they went to the they went to the they had a tough streak. They, had, they didn't they play a bunch a of good streak. teams. Yeah, so yeah. but no, but I mean I, again that's why I just I think you know so they're but Alabama like again because of Latin noise I feel like they're probably a little bit better off lsu obviously is down like they i see them running the table right and get into the sec championship game against georgia so and we haven't even obviously talked about georgia yet so they're certainly not going to be out of it here by any stretch of the imagination the problem for penn state and again they've every opportunity to still be there in the end but the issue with penn state is they're going to have to play ohio state they're going to have to play michigan and they're going to have to play michigan state Correct. So they've got three ranked opponents plus a scrappy Maryland team and even Rutgers. But I, I mean, really, 
they've got three really strong ranked opponents before they can even sniff the SEC. I mean the uh, big the Big Ten championship game. Correct. So they're not out of it, but but they're going to have to they're going to have to figure that out. Um, Iowa, meanwhile, kind of sets itself up beautifully with Wisconsin being down, and you know to to run the table and make the conference championship. They're going to get one of the four big teams right now. Michigan State technically leading the conference um, at six and zero. Michigan right behind them, but Ohio State obviously is up there. And we talk again. We've talked about Penn State. So neither team has played its way out. They've just lost margin for error. And really, to me, it's sadly it's Penn State that's lost. I think, and I think they got the most. Yeah, there's no degrees of freedom for Penn State. They have to run the table. Right. Iowa, to your point. Say again? I was saying to your point, they play Purdue this week, a Purdue team that's a tough out. That's normally the Big Ten. That's what we see out of the Big Ten West. Then they go to to Wisconsin, to Northwestern. Both teams in a down year, especially comparatively, comparatively to a year ago. But I wouldn't count those as automatic wins. I feel like if they're not careful, that those could be something... Like they could drop that Wisconsin game. Like remember, we thought that with with Minnesota a couple years ago, and then Wisconsin ends up beating Minnesota. So like, don't let's not. If you're an Iowa fan, I'm not pointing directly at you, but let's not think that this is Iowa's to lose. Certainly, every other team in your in the division has two losses. There's a couple teams in there that only have one loss. Uh, Wisconsin obviously has two, so they wouldn't be getting into the Big Ten championship. But if you're a Big Ten East fan, whether it's Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, or Michigan State, you need Iowa to make the Big Ten championship game. I mean, yes. I mean, yeah. And Iowa's not a team that historically, I can't speak for this year, right? They've gotten some big wins. But historically, they're not a team that wins purely on talent. They don't overwhelm you with talent, like an Alabama, a Clemson, you know, uh, some of these other teams have. So to me, Iowa, they play such well. They're so well coached, so much, so, so smart. Um, they tend to play a little bit more on the ground, but because of that style, that's where you have the opportunity to get upset because you can't overwhelm lesser teams with your talent. And it comes across, I know it sounds like a little bit of a shock shot at, Al- at, at Iowa. It's, I, I, it is, I guess, but I still think they're going to run the table, but they could trip up. Um, totally. No, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, those I do, two... do want to make – go ahead. No, you go, please. Well, I was going to say I do want to make mention of some of the games, obviously, that necessarily weren't necessarily upsets. Um, I think the, the biggest fraud in the top five is Oklahoma. I'm oh, a thousand percent. That Red River rivalry game was insane. Yeah, I mean – And could have easily a been a game. Texas win. It was a great game, and it's classic. it's classic Red River rivalry – you should bet whatever alternate line there is. We should have thrown that out last week because it always, the last five years has been this wild game where there's at least, and this ended up being over a hundred points, but there's at least 85 to 90 points on the table. And this game didn't right. disappoint. It was a fantastic game, but you're a thousand percent, right? Oklahoma got down huge. They had to rally back and it was a great win on their part, but I don't know. There's something that they just aren't figuring out. And I, I don't know. It's a team that I yeah, they, kept they, they waiting were, for them to, to bounce back quick, into the contention yeah. that you wanted. And you're exactly right. They are a humongous fraud. Now, by the way, I think they could easily win the Big 12. You think about where the Big 12 is, right? I mean, is Oklahoma State, State's probably their biggest threat at this point? Um, but it's, it's 
you know, they, they got a quarterback issue. Rattler hasn't looked great. The young guy comes in and plays really well. We're going to see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're talking about a team that, that traditionally obviously hasn't stopped anybody defensively, even though they have some talent there a lot. But, yeah, I'm not sold on this on this team personally. Like, if, if, if no. things continue the way they are, I would much rather see a one-loss Big Ten or one-loss SEC school get in over Oklahoma. I don't know if it's going to happen, you know, just because their history. Um, and if they're undefeated, it's hard to deny an undefeated, you know, conference champion major conference champion, but man, I'm not, I'm not impressed with Oklahoma this year. Interesting to see how, if they can, if they can kind of change that narrative a little bit um, as they move forward. They need to, they a thousand percent need to. I mean, we went over it a couple weeks ago. They beat West Virginia by three points and they probably should have lost that game. A West Virginia team. That's not yeah. good. They barely put and points they barely, on the board. I mean, they, Nebraska, Kansas state, Tulane, Right, like they've struggled, and and they they've got a I mean, TCU, Kansas, Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State. Finally, they play a ranked opponent. Now, Baylor and Iowa State, they continue on their tracks. They could be ranked, but man, that's just um, yeah. It's I'm not like it's I said, tough. just really not a. Uh, hey, I've not been have not been in, not been visually impressed with Oklahoma whatsoever. I'd love to see a Oklahoma State finally get it done. Like they're both undefeated for the Bedlam game. Like remember we got it like six or seven years ago it was like one of the it was i don't think it was the first no it was not the first uh cfp year because they didn't get in but it was the first year that oklahoma got in so i think it was 2015 and they were like it was basically a playing game it was before they got the big 12 championship and it was an incredible game and it almost seemed like oklahoma state was going to pull it out i'd love a reversal of that i think that's also the year iowa was really the last time Iowa was really good and michigan state won, yeah. won the big 10 so Maybe we're lining up for that. I don't know. I'm starting at tin tinfoil hat, Jordy. But there we go. Here we go. I don't know. I do want to make sure. We yeah, just, I was about to say. What I was going to say. I want to make sure we. Well, we can briefly shout out some other teams here that I think. You know, I think I'd like to make sure. You don't want to. I don't want to skip out on anybody that had a really nice week. Let's start with the number one team in the nation. It's not even a question right now. Georgia is. Yeah. I mean, two weeks in a row shutting out ranked opponents. They get Kentucky, who deserves a lot of credit for having a really good start to their season um, this week, but Georgia looks like a freight train. Um, they're, the one interesting thing we're going to have with Georgia, and we're not really going to know until I go, I guess, I'm sorry, they didn't shut out Auburn. They I gave up 10 points late um, in the fourth. Oh no, they give, anyway, it was, it, they basically shut Georgia out. Let me leave it like that. Yeah. But they're, we're going to learn when it's a closer game in my mind. I'm interested to see how they, how they um, – with this quarterback situation, I don't think most people realize they're playing two quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of intriguing. Um, when they get into a close game, like who are they going with, right? Like that can be a problem at times. So I'll be interested to see kind of how they handle that. Um, again, they're still, they're still the best team, I think, by far in the nation. Um, they get Kentucky, and then they go to Florida. So they're going to play one, two, three, four ranked opponents in a row. Auburn's not ranked anymore after their loss. Once they get through that gauntlet, they kind of cruise. They've got that classic Charleston Southern game late in the year before they go play their rivals, Georgia Tech. But um, I'm interested to see if Kentucky or Florida can keep it close. What's the what's the quarterback situation in Georgia? Something to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, game day is back in Athens this week for the Kentucky game. Then you get the world's largest cocktail too. party. It's going to be incredible. 
Uh, they're a great team. They're so much fun to watch. But yeah, the quarterback controver- controversy, the quarterback situation is definitely something to watch out for. But that defense, man, is fun. They get after it. Oh, it Hungry is. dogs just charging in. And you mentioned it. Just They're able to get one guy open in that open lane that you're talking about charging the quarterback. And it is lights out. Just watch out. Bo Nix taking four sacks and in this past weekend. And the team just suffocating them. It's going to be really fun. And it's almost because uh, obviously if they both get in, we could get a rematch. But it's almost a bummer that we get the Alabama-Georgia game, presumably, in the SEC championship game. And then go from there of maybe we get it again in the cha- in the championship game, the CFP championship. Whereas when they played in the Tua game where threw it to Devontae Smith in the same spot he caught his first NFL touchdown. Not a big deal. Um, it was at least they didn't play in the SEC championship game. So, like, we weren't getting the uh, we weren't getting the good game early. You know, we didn't waste the good surprise on you from Big Daddy. Uh, but, it, I mean, they're just really good. And you're right, deservably so. And Iowa, deservably number two, they beat a top-five team, a team that was ahead of them, or another, another top-five team, I should say. Uh, but it, it seems like there is a giant step from them to the next team, and I don't want to say from them to Bama, then the next team, because Bama just lost. But it does seem like they have a step above the rest of the competition. Yeah, no, they certainly do, and and, and they and they. It's gonna. I mean, honestly, now they're now with Bama's loss, they really are in a spot because they could even afford to go. If Bama's also a one loss team, they could actually almost go if they you know and lose to Alabama and still get in the playoff. I think Cincinnati is kind of locked in at this point. I mean, not that they can't lose the game, don't get me wrong, but if they're undefeated, I think they go. Um, and I think I think the Big Ten champion, whether it be Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, I think they'll go as well. Um, I agree, yeah. Yeah. Cincinnati does play SMU. Yeah, it's going to be a good so game. It'll be interesting. SMU kind of gaining yeah. more and more but, steam. They always seem to in this yeah. AAC schedule where they get into November, and obviously it's the middle of October right now, but like, they get into the middle of November and they're kind of in this mid-teens ranking. Remember, it was them in Memphis a couple years ago that like they were yeah. battling. Mm-hmm. They were because UCF was so good. They were basically battling to see who was going to play UCF. That kind of thing. Uh, this feels like one of those buildups of a. Uh, do they play in the regular season or, or would they just play in the AAC championship game? No, no, they play in the re- SMU and Cincinnati play in the regular season. Oh, awesome! When is that game? Uh, that would be like, it's like the second to last week or the third to last week oh, in that's the awesome. season, I think. That's awesome. It's late enough. It's late enough that it, like, SMU could keep, SMU keeps winning. They could, they could actually be closer. They could be near a top 10 team. Yeah. Um, second to last week of the season. It's November 20th. Leloff weekend. Okay. Yeah. That is the second to last weekend, yep. which is almost good that if they keep rolling that way, that it becomes that. Because it is that yeah, it's a, yeah. it is that you need the team to stay good that you beat, and if they're that good right then, there's less time for them to fall. That kind of thing, you know, the right, the, right, right, Dark Knight right. analogy yeah. of holding the Joker up. You need me, you complete me, kind of thing. But there I don't know the a, the ACC. You know, obviously we uh, we've kind of lost touch with them because they're in a down. Wake Forest, baby, let's go. Wake Forest, Wake though, Forest, is looking 16, good. Six to zero. They're six and zero, uh-huh. and they beat. Uh, but they barely got by Syracuse State. <laughs> I mean, NC, NC State's, State's the only reason they're in the rankings is because they beat Clemson, but they Clemson's not ranked. So, yeah, no. Um, 
Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be intriguing. Um, some of the top some of these top teams, you know, snuck by, right? We talked about you know, Michigan barely pulled it out against Nebraska. To to note there, um, that game was uh, nuts. And, and I so, watched a good amount of yeah, that. Yeah, it was a great game, was at, but where it, it was makes you a little nervous. Forth. But it was something you right. kind of were waiting for Michigan to turn it on and pull away, like we were just talking about with Oklahoma, and they weren't. And they're not in as dire straits as Oklahoma is by any means. But it is something that I think if you're a Michigan fan, we've talked about this a few different times of seeing where their quarterbacks can go. The fact that we want to see their defense have this just dominating stop. And I'd love to see that they had it against Wisconsin. So you started to see those first steps. They're on a bye this week and they play Northwestern two weeks from now on the 23rd. So I'd love to see them have a really good game against a team. We mentioned it before with Iowa, a Northwestern team that can grind you out and really does that. Well, that's how they beat wisconsin a year ago and yeah. i'd love to see them win one of those just haymaker after haymaker games then they play the brother i won't even say which which brother is which on october 30th which is going to be an awesome game hopefully is the night game i know penn state ohio state is that weekend too that's when the thunder cup is but uh it's gonna be fun i the big 10 being having like a really good east that we were promised like five years ago when james franklin really was turning it on with Saquon and Trace McSorley. It's finally like kind of coming back. It seemed like it was just going to be the Ohio State show. And it's good that Michigan State and Michigan are still in the, in the mix. Penn State, obviously, a lot better than people thought they were, kind of like in those Saquon teams. So I hope this is a renaissance of the Big Ten East being awesome. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm in for that. Yeah. Any other college notes before we switch this thing over? Uh, this coming week, not not. I mean, you, I'm, we're, I know we're going to talk picks here in a second, yeah. but not the same oomph week, right? The big game you mentioned, Georgia Kentucky. Correct. Um, not a, the only other ranked matchup. Uh, where is it? It's um. Oh, hang on. Um, I just uh, thought a minute ago. Texas and Oklahoma State. Yeah, Texas kind of a back into not, the top not that it's, Yeah. Yeah, not that it's Texas not is a five point favorite though. Yeah, I mean, it's only important. Oklahoma State wants to hold on to an outside chance of being in the playoff. They, they can't lose, in my mind, Correct. so this is a must-win for them. Um, so, for Texas, you know, 4-2, and two, there's no way a two-loss team is going to sneak in now at this point, unless there's more chaos, which I know could happen, but there's a lot of, you know, so anyway, Correct. especially not te- a Texas team that has a couple losses. Like, the Arkansas loss is looking worse and worse. Um, so, anyway. But just not the same oomph week that we're seeing this week with some of these buys as well. Correct. Correct. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and I don't want to give anything away because we are about to go into picks. But there, there's some teams that are starting to pop up that are fun to see back in the rankings, like a San Diego State. We didn't mention them, but you know, they're fun. They're usually a fun team to watch. They usually have kind of a high-flying offense, although that game over under 41. Uh, maybe I need to do a little more research on them. <laughs> but regardless, let's jump into picks and – I mentioned at the top, we don't have a guest picker this week. We figured with chaos in college football, with it being this kind of quarter slash third of the way mark of the NFL season, we can you know, obviously go into picks and see what's happening here. Matt, do we want to start with the big news of the week, or at least what came out of the, uh, I guess it was technically after the week ended. Do we want to start, or do we want to address it at all? Ben Simmons? It ben was Simmons? funny. It was during the same time that all the Ben Simmons stuff was happening. Smart, smart job by Ben. But this is a football podcast. Yeah. We're not going there, okay? And I no, um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll certainly address it. 
I'll, I'll be candid here. So at first, when the news came out about John Gruden's email involving, um, I would say a, and I, and I want to be clear, like this is just objectively a, I don't, not, because it wasn't an overt, you know, racial slur. It's a homophobic slur. Other tones. Say again. Are you talking about the homophobic slur or the the? No, no, no. I'm talking about the the, the comment about Demarcus. Um, oh yeah, uh, Smith, one. the head yeah, of the yeah, NFLPA. Yeah. That was kind of the first news that broke happened back in 2011, and you know I felt like okay, hang on, you know, you know I understand it's really bad. It happened a long. It happened. It, it did happen ten years ago. You have to remember it's, that's just 2021. He wasn't in the league, and you know I don't like the comment, but I think he needs to apologize. Maybe get fined. You know. Um, but people were kind of saying, you know what, we'll defend him a little bit, um, not defend him, but we'll give him a, but not a, you know, give him a pass or get a second chance for something like this, because all all purposes he seems like a he seemed like a stand up guy. But then the flood broke, and I actually felt like the NFL handled it really well, to be honest. I'll get to why I think the NFL is making another issue, another mistake. But in terms of Gruden and the Raiders. They provided the Raiders with the information, gave the Raiders the opportunity to review it. And then obviously Mark Davis entered the facility and basically sat down John Gruden and said, you either, it seems like either you resign or you're fired. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny. I, I, you know, people are like, why didn't, why didn't, why didn't the Raiders go faster? Like, why didn't, why did they let him coach? I think it's kind of tough, right? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta review these things. You know, it's somebody's life, like livelihood on the line, if you will. But they made the right decision. John Gruden did the right thing by resigning, put out a very brief statement, and probably won't hear from him again nope. for maybe ever. And that's probably the way it should be. Um, you know, he obviously is, is kind of part of this old football culture, which is really sad. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, hopefully he figures it out and maybe learns a little bit from this. Uh, it's funny because this web is now incredible. Jeff Fisher had to put out a statement mm-hmm. stating that he drafted Michael Sam because he thought Michael Sam was a good football player, not because the NFL pressured him to do it. Yep. The web of this, Adam Scheffner is now, Shefty is now involved because of an email where he basically allowed the, the now former kind of disgraced president of football operations, Bruce Allen of the Washington football team, known as the Redskins at the time, basically allowing him to like edit a piece. Now, obviously it's one email. We have no idea what, at, what was edited and, and, you know, and if Scheffner actually left anything out, beyond. so that one's kind of hard, but the web grows. Um, and I'll give you a sec here to speak, but my big, I think the NFL's big problem is that the whole reason this is occurring, very similar by the way, to when the saints, um, when Bounty Gate broke, the reason that they figured out about Bounty Gate was because we were doing a documentary about Steve Gleason, who sadly, um, you know, his, his, uh, he, well, I forget the name of his um, his um, his illness. Uh, anyway, they're doing a documentary about him, and they catch this stuff on tape. This is all based off the investigation that the NFL, at the NFL, has been doing towards the Washington Football Team and owner Dan Snyder. Yep. You know, inappropriate pictures being shared. There's no way in my mind, right? The smoking gun. There's no way Daniel Snyder isn't doesn't have the same emails, doesn't have the same pictures shared, and isn't just as guilty of being a POS human being, and probably some type of, you know, racism 
homophobic. I, there's just, I, I can't, it's hard for me to fathom that he's not, that that evidence isn't there. Um, but the NFL protects its owners because the, like Goodell is, so it's a huge failing by the NFL. Um, we've seen, but it's funny, Jerry Richardson for the Panthers, he had some sexual harassment issues. Yep. He stepped away. You think of obviously the probably the most high profile case is Donald Sterling of the, of the Clippers who had other had, had racist racial comments come out and he was forced to sell the team. I don't know what pull Daniel Snyder has on these other owners because he has been in so much hot water from his team name to all these accusations from the cheerleaders. How he still has it, his team is almost beyond belief to me. It is. Um, and I hope, I hope that the NFL, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if a few owners are, are seeing money lost here and they, they decide to pull the plug and publish some of this stuff. But it seems like we're only getting what people, what, what certain people want us to get which yeah. is what's scary, right? Yeah. These are very specific leaks against very specific individuals as opposed to here are all the emails. Like Gruden got Gruden went down and, Sh- and Adam Scheffner's involved. Like there's got to be more people here then. They, hundreds of thousands of emails, you know. It just shows you don't send things on your work email. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway. You, you nailed a lot of the points I was going to make, but it, it's kind of wild that two people that – one is still currently employed by ESPN. The one Gruden was an ESPN employee getting involved in this and kind of the links. It reminded me a lot of the, the whole Rachel Nichols thing that happened this, not the whole thing, but what happened to Rachel Nichols or involving Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor over the summer. And like, kind of like ESPN clearly has some hand in, I don't want to like throw them under the bus or act like I am, but there's some, there's something weird that's going on there too. So there's exactly that. There's stuff that people are trying to keep away and hold down. There's other stuff that's being selectively let go. It's a very weird scenario. Obviously, it like you said, it's pro- we're probably not going to hear from Gruden at the very least for a long time and probably never again, and it's probably the right thing to do. A lot of the stuff he said was deplorable and terrible. Uh, but it's, but the that's the scary thing is that there's just the, the selectiveness to it and the fact that it involves... I don't know if it's an attack of whoever's leaking this is trying to make ESPN look bad or if it's a something involving, you know, we're going to basically pick some of these old heads off and go that way and not try to indict people that the whomever want to be, you know, want to be the next faces of football or whatever it is. There is something weird going on there. Yeah, no. I mean, the, the web, I mean, you think about all the people that could have been affected too. That's what's also so scary, right? Like some of these, some of the guys, you know, whether it's a minority front office guy, I mean, I think about, you know, Gruden, um, Marquette King was their punter. Yep. He was cut as soon as Gruden took the job. He's actually a pretty good punter. Yep. Like, like, you know. Were we at um, all like the big hits and stuff? It's got to. He was awesome, Marquette King. Yeah, yeah well, it's got to be gotta be hard because because carl nazib um a yeah, local that's kid the one thing that came is, out as as he's on the team now yeah and that's the one thing and that he, i think it was mina kimes time, which i agree with yeah mina kimes tweeted about it that it's not fair that he's now going to have to get asked about all this stuff and it is nothing to do with him. exactly it just he happens to yeah. be his coach and that's terrible i mean the carl nazib story well, has been awesome what's... and he's been great he's been an awesome linebacker for them for the raiders well, yeah, and hopefully uh, gets know, back to football soon and continues to be a great player for him. 
it's you know it's funny because some people are gonna say you know oh it was just locker room talk kind of thing you know these are just some jokes not everything but some of it and it, 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 it sadly it was, and I'm not, you know, I'm, we've all been guilty of making a joke we shouldn't have made, but it's repeated, it's consistent, it's in writing, you know, it's, you know, uh, not that it's better to be spoken, but, uh, you know, this, it is what it is here. It, it, you know, he was going to survive the first stuff. Now it's too late. I just, you know, this, this destructive orb that Daniel Snyder is, wow. I, I don't see Adam Schefter losing his job. No, I don't either. He didn't necessarily... He didn't necessarily do anything, probably not exactly what you want to teach in journalism school, but it's not necessarily unethical to an extent. Um, you know, there's there's slanted journalism all over the place. So I think he'll probably be okay. Um, and he seems like he, he's not, the email, the email was just about him letting, a, a, you know, somebody review a story before he posted it. That's a common practice, so he'll be fine. But others might go. It'll be really interesting to see. It is going to be nuts to see. Let's get to the positive stuff. Before we get to picks, the NFL did announce today that they're adding a Monday night wild card playoff game through the 2025 season. So for the next five years, we're getting a Monday night playoff game, which is insane. ESPN usually just has the Saturday afternoon game. Now it appears they're getting a second game that will involve the Manning cast. Matt, what is your thought there? But it be a front, and I don't know why I haven't done this, but I, I love the idea of, a, of, of another playoff game. Um, I am concerned about competitive advantage. It is an extra day's rest, Correct. potentially. Correct. So, Although there's usually like the weird crossover that some teams get eight days and some get six, especially yeah, when it goes from the divisional I, round to the, the NFC and AFC championship games. Yeah, and I, smart teams, there's probably analytical studies out there about, hey, at what point is, two, is it, it – what point does it is it a moot point right is it after five after six days obviously every day is helpful to an extent although i granted i also think sometimes it's not helpful right sometimes if you have too much time off you get out of your routine and rhythm um yeah I, i'm not surprised they're doing it though gives them another night of the week Everyone loves Monday night football um i i gotta be up front i've seen clips and bits and pieces i actually have yet to watch a monday night game with with the Mannings, I have stuck with the regular broadcast. Part of the time is because I'm usually not able to always. I'm doing something work-wise, or I got something going on. But I was giving it my full attention. I've heard good things. I've heard some of their guests are a little, as we've talked about, are a little what what's going on. But I also think that's kind of fun. Personally, I would love to just see Peyton in the booth. Um, I think he's great. So, but I, I I think they should keep rolling with it. I like the idea of an alternative broadcast to to let people change it up. The you know, we'll see how the ratings do. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be cool to see. I've done a little bit of the Manning cast. I was watching the Eli Doublebird live when the Eagles were getting pounded by the Cowboys. Uh, and a couple other ones have been pretty cool to watch. It's definitely more of a second half thing. They have a guest every quarter. Uh, I missed the LeBron against the with the Eagles-Cowboys game, which is definitely one of those what moments. But it's, I know, it's going to be cool having a third night of playoff football in the week. I did have the thought of competitive advantage, but it's probably going to be whoever's playing in that Monday game is going to play a Sunday opponent. And whether that means they're getting a top seed and they're kind of in a, you know, in a shithole anyway, who knows? The NFL kind of always finds a weird way of figuring out who's scheduled when and all the different shuffling that they like to do. Um, but it's going to be fun. I don't know. It's uh, it's cool to have a third night of, of playoff football. And I think, Depending, I was trying to think about this as well, too, and I just 
frankly didn't research it of if Super Wildcard Weekend now because of the extra week falls on Martin Luther King Day weekend, does that help build into the weekend of that they can do two games Saturday, three games Sunday, people the day off presumably do whatever for MLK, you know, you go do some volunteer or whatever you do, and then you come back for football. Maybe that's the idea. Now the Super Bowl falls, I believe it falls, on President's Day weekend, which people have been clamoring for for years. And maybe this is just the NFL figuring we can build in days off and inadvertently steal a day from another league like they've done with Christmas from the NBA. Now they're kind of doing with, if it is MLK week from them, and they do with New Year's Day from college football and to a degree the NHL uh, when, when Sundays fall on that day and all that good stuff. So the NFL just continues to flex its muscles, and it's, it's kind of crazy that way. Yeah, not, not surprised. They are funny all this stuff uh you know the negative stuff it's just not it's just not negative yeah. they'll just be fine they're gonna keep rolling gonna keep it's rolling. the product yep so yeah they um let's jump into picks though the nfl certainly they're unstoppable but let's jump into picks we are still despite having no guest picker we are still gonna do just five nfl picks one college pick between the two of us matt last week you won i alluded to it at the top you went four and two. I went two and four. You have now taken the lead. You've brought yourself back to 500 on the season. I have yet to have an over 500 week. I went three and three, three and three, three and three, and then two and four this past week. So you're now sitting at 12 and 12. I'm at 13 and 11. I went second and you went third last week. So I will give the first pick honors to you, Matt. Lead us off. What is your first NFL pick? Oh, yes. I'm very, I mean, I'd like, first of all, it's great to hear all the positives. I expected <laughs> it. Obviously got off to a rocky start. These things, these things happen. Um, hmm. I'm going to go right out of the gate with a team that everyone is trash. Okay. Um, I, I think the Kansas City Chiefs will cover against the Washington football team. Six and a half point favorites, which I know is already a lot. They are getting just obliterated right now in the press. Washington's defense has not looked the same for whatever reason. Um, I, I don't know about this offense. Sure. Right? I know they've got some talent, but they, they got the backup quarterback in. Um, I think Kansas City wants to show everybody that they are still a legitimate threat. I think Mahomes goes off against this team. He's got to throw it now. Clyde Edwards-Hilar on the IR. So I am – I'm – thinking this is going to be pretty impressive to watch. Um, I, I actually really like Kansas City, so I'm going to take a, a a big a big number, and I think they're going to cover. Yeah, I like that. That's a pretty safe pick there. It's less than a touchdown because they're on the road. We saw what they did at the Eagles. The Eagles not being able to outpace them. How do you think the football team's going to be able to do that with their defense being just as bad as the Eagles looking so far? Obviously, the Eagles won last week. Um, yeah, I, I really like that pick. I would have probably taken it first maybe maybe it was my second pick but it's to me do we want to do snake or do we just want to alternate picks this is important to to, to distinguish well, right now. i guess it almost doesn't really matter but could we do could you get do you want to do i get two and then we and then we alternate yeah sure let's do okay. it that way i like that yeah, yep. yeah first pick second two like schoolyard pick all right so it's to me um i'm really tempted to take the packers against the bears, but it's a divisional game. It's on the, it's on the road and you know, Rogers has been up and down at, at bits and pieces here. 
I'm going to go, though, with the Cowboys, who have been one of the best teams against the spread in the NFL. They are 5-0 and against the spread, the only team that's undefeated. Playing a New England Patriots team that's been interesting, to say the least. I think the Cowboys have just been getting better and better. I know their defense is still kind of all over the board. They travel to New England, which is a little bit concerning to see. But I do think that they figure it out and not only win this game, but cover the three-and-a-half-point spread. I think that Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard are just a little too unstoppable for that New England defense to slow down. We will see some form of the passing game with Dak looking great last week, whether that's C.D. Lamb going off, whether it's uh, Amari Cooper, I almost said Antonio Cooper, having some sort of huge week. We've seen the Patriots run game slow down, and that's really the only thing that's been somewhat effective against the Cowboys. I don't think Mac Jones is prepared for this game. He might be physically, but he may not be mentally. Maybe he's... I'm saying this wrong. I don't think he's prepared for what's coming. Cowboys, minus three and a half. My second... Or I'll let you respond while I mark this down. I hate that you picked him, but it's hard not to. The only the only thought I would have is we did watch Bill Belichick um, create a defense that really, really bothered Tom Brady. But, you know, can somebody slow down this Cowboys juggernaut? If it was any defensive mind... Yeah. I would pick the Patriots. Um, you know, they've got they've got a pretty good defense top to bottom, and I think they're a pretty good defense against the run specifically. So I'm interested to see how this Cowboys rushing d- attack does against this 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 Patriots kind of man. This is a, this is a big man defense. Think about, yeah. um, think about Lawrence Guy, Dietrich Wise, Barmore, High Power, Judon has been a stud. So to see go to new england can they can they screw it up a little bit who's jc jackson who looks like a stud cover jalen mills um jonathan jones they got a lot of players what i'm saying on defense so i miss should i think you're right with your pick but i miss you to see if the cow if the if they can slow down the cowboys i like that i like that it's a good call so one more for me and then we come back to alternating there i am gonna go there's some interesting games here there's a lot of divisional matchups which Give me pause to pick. But I'm going to go with an interesting one here of an undefeated team as an, as an underdog, but I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. The Browns setting all sorts of NFL records last year, losing to the to the Chargers. They became one of the first teams to throw for or to gain over 500 yards and not turn over the ball. The same thing, that same combination, 500 yards, not turn over the ball and lose the game. I think, uh, and all sorts of stuff. I think that they're a team... That they're sort of figuring out their identity of using the Chubb and Hunt combination to really come to their to their aid, and I do think that the the almost the Coyotes, the Cardinals are a very good team. Obviously, they're five and zero, and that air raid has been really good. But I think the Browns' defense slows them down a little bit. It's minus three. I'm going to go with them covering the spread. Another team that's pretty good at covering the spread are the Browns. The Cardinals have been back and forth about that. I think they're floating around that 500 mark against the spread in the Kyler Murray era. So I'm going to go with the Browns minus three here. Damn it. You took one of my picks. I love that pick for all the reasons you just said. All right. Let's circle back my way. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to another really big game. There's an AFC showdown. 
Los Angeles Chargers head to the Baltimore oh, like Ravens. Yeah, it's a three-point line for Baltimore. Um, this is going to be one hell of a quarterback duel. But I love – I am I am all on board. I talked about him in the preseason. I'm all on board with this Chargers team top to bottom. I think their defense, Derwin James, has an opportunity to really disrupt them on – disrupt Baltimore on offense. They didn't play – it, it was it was really the heroics of Jackson that got this team over the hump yep. against the Indianapolis team that lacks the firepower that Justin Herbert might we're seeing Mike Williams come into his own the Clemson product Keenan Allen obviously still just so I mean just, just so smooth okay it's like putting melted butter on on a nice heated roll watching him run routes okay I just it's it's just it just it just comes off beautifully Austin Eckler. Um, Jared Cook, their tight end. I'm really high on yeah, this Chargers he's, he's team. Very solid. And this is a statement win for them in Baltimore. So I really like the Chargers here. I think the Ravens have some issues on defense. Some of the injuries they've suffered there it, it, it have have really hurt them. Yep. Especially they lose. You know, they don't have Marcus Peters. Their pass rush isn't as ferocious, right? They don't have Matt Judon, for example. He's a pass. So this is a lesser Ravens defense than we're used to. And I think this offense is predicated on Lamar's success, and that's a good thing to put money on. But Justin Herbert on the other side, I think they outduel him and upset upset Baltimore at home. I like that pick a lot, actually. And you're right. Baltimore really needed Lamar to take over. Their front seven has looked really good week in, week out, and I think nothing encapsulates that better than the blocked field goal. That is the reason why they even went to overtime, or that they were able to tie the game, excuse me. But including the, the Rodrigo Blankenship missed kick that – Front seven was right. able to push around a pretty bad and banged up Indianapolis uh, offensive line. But you just saw it looked like men amongst boys, that left tackle, just completely taking advantage of a guard trying to go for a cut block, both on the block kick and on the missed kick. If he doesn't, if Rodrigo Blankenship doesn't pull that shot or that kick left, I think that he blocks the kick again. So that's the only thing that concerns it, but the fact that the Chargers are an underdog. I still think they win this game, and I think that's just better for you for the covering. I might like them on the money line, sprinkle it that way. But it comes back to me, and now we're alternating picks. I know that probably the listeners know this, but I need to keep reminding myself that. This board is really interesting of games that are out there. A lot of three-and-a-half-point spreads that are somewhat concerning. And I'm going to go with this game, and I don't like that I'm going with it as my third pick because it could be the week they finally get a win. But I just can't see the Bengals after that wonky, wonky, wonky game against another NFC North opponent in the Packers last week where they end up losing in overtime. I can't see the Bengals playing that way again. It seems that the Jamar Chase-Joe Burrow experience is going to another level, and I don't think the Lions have the ability to slow them down this week. I'm going with the Bengals minus three and a half. I don't totally love it because this seems like a game. The Lions have been very frisky. They've been a really good against the spread team. I feel like that Jared Goff is too prideful to let this team lie down and die. But I'm going with the Bengals minus three and a half here. I mean, uh, this this Bengals offense, to your point, you know, Jamar Chase, I feel, don't forget T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, Nate. They've got firepower that can that, that, that you can't just key in on one guy. Um, their defense, I think, is playing spirited. I, the only reason I'm the only reason I'm 
it's tough for me to pick him is because the Bengals have now lost two back-to-back weeks on super long field goals. To your point, cover the spread the lines. Excuse me. I think they're going to play this game tough. I, the talent's not there. I don't think. I think they need to lose. I think they need to get a better draft pick. But um, yeah, if not, I would. I would totally pick the Bengals in in the in the dome up in Detroit for. Yeah. They're going to be flying. Yeah, it's like that's a, a, to your point. It's a tough pick, but I get I get the logic. My heart and Dan Campbell tell me to take the the, the, the Lions point with points. <laughs> yeah, to to your point of like weird losses. These two teams are like the classic lose on funky ways teams, which is why I'm like so apprehensive to go for it. But like logic says, the Bengals should blow them out. So that's why I'm going with it. But yeah. my gut is like yeah. turning, picking it. <laughs> so what do I have? Two more, right? Um. Yeah, you have Kansas City, uh, L.A. Chargers, and is this your third pick? Oh, it's only my third pick. That's yeah, right. You had the so. two. Okay. Wow. Yeah. God. Okay. All right. Um. Hmm. I've been all over the map here with with my next one. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take. It's kind of a, to me. It's almost it's almost too easy. But that is I'm gonna take Houston covering against the Colts. Yeah. 10-point spread here. Um, again, I, I think the Colts obviously have struggled. They're 1-4. and four. Part of that is they, they played some decent teams, but they just don't have any offensive firepower. I, I actually it's, – it's, I mean, I know they have – you think about the, the running game is obviously very strong, but teams know that. They're just stacking up to stop Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. But more importantly, this Colts defense has really struggled. I was about to say, the, um, or the, the opposite, too. The Texans defense has played really well. Right, and the Texans have some veterans, and they signed so many veterans. I think they keep it close. I think it's a super low scoring. I think it's a really close game. I do think the Colts win, by the way. I just think Texans cover yeah. that 10-point lead. Um, I think they can do just enough offensively against a, again, surprisingly – like kind of weak Colts defense, a defense that I personally thought had a chance to be the number one defense in all football yep. uh, with Darius Leonard and company. And, and they, they really haven't shown up and it hasn't helped with this offense still trying to find its way. Um, you know, no T Y Hilton, no explosiveness at the really at the wide receiver. I like Michael Pittman. I like Paris Campbell, but I don't love him. So um, I think this is a tight one. I like that pick a lot. I, uh, both Think, teams, by the way, don't appear to be going anywhere. Gotta they don't be appear to be going anywhere. It's a we, divisional game. Well, this could be a slog of a game. The over-under is actually set at 42. Yep. I can see this being some sort of grinded out. The Colts wanting to get the win, but it, it you know, kind of an emotional win kind of thing. Uh, obviously, the opposite of it, the Texans coming off their, what could be their only win of the season. We'll have to see what happens. I'm going to stay with an NFC South or AFC South team, but they're playing an intra-conference game, interdivision. It is the Monday night game, Bills at the Titans in Nashville. This is an interesting game because the Bills defense has been very, very good. Their defense has been actually pretty awesome. The Titans offense, or Titans defense has been bad. Their offense has had the great tractor-cedo time of Derrick Henry looking awesome. But that's really about it, and this is one that, looking at the board right away, I didn't totally love, but I'm talking myself into this more and more, of seeing what Ryan Tannehill will do against this Bills defense and the personnel that they have with the injuries they've been having, with guys kind of moving in and out of the lineup. 
I like the Bills here to really get it done. Josh Allen using both his feet and his arm to get the to get the job done. Stefan Diggs making guys confused and miss and really use the emergence of Dawson Knox to be the downfall of this Tennessee team. The only thing that concerns me is the fact that they just beat the Chiefs in a upset win. They were an underdog going to Arrowhead. So that kind of comes into like the, where the Rams were a couple weeks ago playing the Cardinals of this you know, come down from the big win type of game. It could fall into a trap. But I feel like having that extra day going to Monday Night Football helps the Bills here. I like Josh Allen to go off. I like the combo of the rushing attack of Moss and Singletary to have another solid game. Maybe not run all over the Titans type of game, but a solid game. But I like this Bills offense to get a ton of yardage on a Tennessee defense that has been no bueno throughout this season. Yeah, I'm not – I've been down in the Titans, you know, for a while here. They've got receivers that can't stay healthy. Buffalo stakes its claim as number one in the AFC, really, with that with that kind of thunderous win over the Chiefs. And I think they're loaded. That's, that's a good choice there for you. Yeah. All right, two left. Plenty of games. Obviously, with the buys, it helps. We don't have the guest picture, picker. Um, some funky games out there, too, that, that are probably going to be – probably going to be a little bit tough. Um, yep. I, I am going to go with uh, a game in the lights, and that is the Los Angeles Rams visiting the New York Giants. Rams are nine-and-a-half-point road favorites here. Giants going in the wrong direction. Um, they've got injuries all over the place. Kenny Galladay not expected to play. Saquon Barkley now out. Daniel Jones should be back from the concussion, but where will his head be, quote-unquote, if you will? I think this Giants team's going in the wrong direction. I think the Rams are looking again. They are this is like a tour de force for McVeigh and, and Stafford. They're going to New York, the big lights, the rival city almost, if you think about it. West Coast, East Coast. I think, big lights I of think the sun? they destroy. Say again. The big lights of the sun. It's a one PM game. No, 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 no. The big lights of the city, New York City. They're, yeah, they're in New York, game. right? Yeah. But it's a no, one no, no, PM no, no. game. I'm just I know what you're saying. I'm saying from a proverbial big lights. Okay. Okay. Like the the Rams are playing in New York. Like, you know, like it's like going to play in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Right. The big apple. Okay. Let me rephrase. I didn't mean, yes, there will be, the lights (laughs) will probably still be on. Anyway, I digress. I think the Rams just, just demolish a New York team with minimal offensive firepower um, with, and with a defense that has no, I personally has no shot against this Rams offense. Who Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are the number the best co- combination of wide receiver in the league. They've got other weapons. Stafford's going crazy. I think the Rams just. I think they smoke. I think they smoke the Giants and they cover that nine and a half, which I know is big on the road. But oh boy, no, I like that. The Giants' defenses. You mentioned their offensive problems. Their defenses not gonna really do a ton. I know they've gotten a better defensive line, but that. Rams offensive line is very solid and I think they get the job done and figure it out. They have the extra long time off because they played on Thursday night football last week where their run game looked incredible. So I think they set that up well to set up that air raid and yeah, this could get ugly quick. It's an over under a 49 with a nine and a half spread, which means they're not expecting a ton out of the giants. So we will see what happens in that game. But I, I, I tend to like that pick Matt, even though I was, chirping you a little bit about the, the the bright lights of the sun but now it comes back to me yeah. and i got my last nfl pick thankfully 
because there are some wonky games out there. Do I go with Sunday Night Football, where we don't know who's starting for the Seahawks, but the Steelers are all crazy? Do we go with the Raiders and the Broncos, even though we don't know what's happening with them and everything with all the Gruden stuff that we were talking about before? I mentioned it before. I wasn't going to go with the Packers and the Bears. I am going to take the Packers minus four and a half. They look very good. They're winning games. Okay. They're winning games. Uh, This is a divisional matchup. Mm -hmm. This seems like something that the Bears would keep tight. We get a Mason Crosby kick to end the game and close it out. It's what happened last week. It's what happened a couple times. But the Bears offense has been all over the board. Obviously, David Montgomery is still hurt. It doesn't look like he's playing this week. It seems like he's going to be out for a few more weeks for that matter. Um, their offensive line's a little banged up. I know the, the Packers' defense is pretty banged up, which is concerning. But I I just don't see a lot out of this Bears offense. And I don't think that they're going to be able to keep pace with, even if just Aaron Rodgers throws the ball to Devontae Adams, hands the ball to Aaron Jones, throws a swing pass to Aaron Jones, punt Robert Tunney into the sun because of fancy football, even though nobody cares, get Valdez scandaling, throwing down like 80 yards down the field. That's all I need to do. That's a lot of stuff that I've just listed off. But it's he can do it because the Bears have been all over the board. I know you still have Khalil Mack. Which, is it Khalil or is it Khalil? Matt, do you know that? I think it's Khalil, but... Yeah, so we were watching the the Bears were on the CBS game in the afternoon, and we threw that on because the Giants-Cowboys game stunk when Saquon went down. And uh, Ian Eagle kept saying Khalil Mack. So I didn't know what the deal well, was. I mean, he, he pronounces his name Ian, so can yeah, be up, right. let's yeah, be real with go. yourselves right. here. Yeah. yeah. They do lead the league in sacks, and Khalil Mack is very good, and they're a very good you know, front seven. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers seems to own the Bears, though. I'm not going to overthink this. I'm going to take the Packers minus four and a half. All right, comes back to me for my last pick. No comment? Or would this? Do you disagree? Um, no, I, I totally agree. I think the Bears are a 3-2 fraud. They have not looked particularly good. I can't figure out why that defense with Cleo Mack isn't better. I know Justin Fields is going to continue to learn. We are still – we still have a bolo out for Allen Robinson missing in action. Their running game without David Montgomery. They don't scare me. I think Aaron Rodgers hates the Bears. I think he wants to continue to show people that that week – he is still, I think, fuming about week one, and that's why they're still winning these games. So, um, no, I, I like to pick a lot. Um, and again, I'm not just not sold on the bears at all, especially yeah. offensively. So, um, I'm with you. And whether it's Khalil or Ka- I, I would still like Mac to be on my team. I'm not sure. I mean, but they may look, he's dominated this team before and they've still lost. So see what happens, Yep. but you know, where I'm going. All right. You can't not, not pick them. Probably cost <laughs> me every year. Okay. Tampa Bay, Philadelphia tomorrow night. I will be at the game. There you go. Going down. Getting locked in. Okay, now, seven-point spread Tampa Bay. Totally think Tampa wins this game. Want the Eagles to win. We'll root hard for them. But this is a Thursday game. I think things are a little bit different. This is also not the same Tampa Bay defense that it was. I think there's an opportunity for the Eagles. They'll get in their own way, but they'll put up some points. And I think this Tampa Bay offense, Gronkowski's still out. Godwin's kind of been missing a little bit. Brady's hand is bruised, apparently. His hand is bruised. Running game hasn't gotten on track. Still rotating through backs, which I don't. You know, I think this is. I think. They, I think the Eagles keep it close. I think it's a four-point win. I think they, they might score late to get it closer. Um, classic Eagles situation. So I like the Eagles to cover 
against a Tampa team that I think is going to easily, I think they'll win the division. Don't get me wrong, but they've got a lot of work to do if they want to keep pace with some of these better teams that right now, better teams in the NFC. So the Eagles keep it close. Okay. I like that. It, uh, I think you're right. Thursday night games usually end up a lot closer than we think. Uh, a week ago is exactly what happened. The actually it ended up being almost close to a pick them, but the, the Rams ended up really, you know, keeping it a little closer than they wanted to. And, We've seen it so many times, especially when it's, you know, more than a three and a half point spread that it ends up coming down to the to the wire there. Wonky game, short week, all that good stuff. So it comes to me for college, and I I'm gonna go with the game of the week, the game day game. Um, I know Kentucky's defense has been really awesome, and that's certainly something we're talking about it earlier with Georgia, where they're at with their quarterbacks and everything there. I just I'm not totally sold on their offense, the Kentucky offense. I'm saying, and we were talking about Georgia's defense. Yeah. I love them a ton. I don't normally pick spreads that are more than three touchdowns, but I do think Georgia's that fucking good that they're gonna pummel Kentucky. They could possibly shut them out and make this Kentucky team look like a fraud. But I'm gonna say it's like a 35 to seven game, and Georgia gets it done minus two and a half, 22 and a half. Excuse me. Yeah, it's an easy that that's like an easy pick in my mind. Yeah. Um yeah, I think Georgia, oh man, I really would not I really wouldn't want to play Georgia right now. No, God these no. teams are gonna try like how do you, you got they got people they got these guys gotta they gotta get up. They gotta get up for Georgia. Yep. Oh man, that seems like the kind of game you're going right to the ice bucket for. Yep. Um yeah, I'll jump I'll jump back in back in here um for a college pick. I've been bouncing around a couple ideas, but I'm going to stay in the SEC. Um, Ole Miss is only favored by two and a half against Tennessee. Now, I picked Tennessee last week. They came through for me, okay? But I'm going to go against Tennessee here. I I think this offense for Ole Miss can get it done. Um, I know Hendon Hooker has been playing a lot better for Tennessee. Just just think Ole Miss – see, now I'm talking myself – Oh my god! I'm talking myself out of the pick while picking them. Do you see the over under on this game? No. It's got to be stupid high. Yeah, it's 81 points. I have to bet the over. 81. You got to bet it. I mean, yeah, I'm. You got to bet it. I'm still gonna pick Old Miss. I think they're. I think they're good enough. It's a great game, by the way. Definitely a game to tune in. Tune into Tennessee is showing up a little bit, but I think Old Miss takes them here. I know it's on the road, but yeah, they're they're a good team. I like Old Miss. That's no, Old Miss pick. is really I'm good. I think it. Lane Kiffin's putting together a really good program. We haven't really talked about them because they – obviously they were undefeated when they played Alabama and lost. But they put together something really good, and I think they're still a few years away from it being – in the position those Ole Miss teams were when they had Chad Kelly and they had the, the really good teams that were competing with Alabama. But I think they're – we say this about every name-brand coach that comes to the SEC – but I feel like they are actually putting together something. And we're starting to see it with Jimbo. He actually beat Alabama for the first time. So I like that pick a lot. I think it's going to be a fun game. And we will see where it goes. There's some other interesting ones out there. I was looking at the NC State-BC line. BC's been a frisky team, but I feel like NC State gets it done. I think it's just a on the road, you know, they're trying to keep it close kind of thing. I don't know if you agree or disagree there. I know it, BC always usually has a few guys that make it tricky. But NC State's fun, and then the I, 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 that the other one I was looking at was Arkansas Auburn. The question yeah. is, how many times can Arkansas lose in a row to a ranked team? To a, to, I mean, like they lost two in a row and they gotten crushed. 
Um, I should, I should, I'm not sure they didn't get crushed last week. So it was a great game against Ole Miss. Um, but interesting to see that that one was kind of intriguing to me for like a potential upset special. Yeah. And then the Oklahoma also the, the State Texas game. Bowl. I think that's, yeah, that's it's Texas fun. minus five, which I don't agree with. I think they're just giving it to them because they played Oklahoma close and kind of blew it. I think Oklahoma State wins that pretty easily. Yeah. Um, the, the disappointment bowl is Miami, North Carolina. Both teams ranked in the top 10 to start the year, both unranked with three losses. Um, that's if you want to watch a disappointing game, that would be the one to tune into. So, hey, just, and the last thing I'll leave you with when it comes to college, if Florida beats LSU, is that it? It might be. Coach O? I don't know. It, it's really, really kind of taking a turn. It, yeah, it's a really sad story. I love Coach O. Obviously, you know, I do the, do the impression of oh, go to Gumbo. But, uh, yeah, it's really taken a turn since two years ago where they really were on such a roll. They had so many different dudes that were awesome, and you're still seeing them in the NFL, Justin Jefferson, Burrow, Jamar Chase, to just name offensive guys and insert however many defensive players that have come out of his tenure alone. But, yeah, if they lose, I don't know. Maybe they've given the, the right for the rest of the year and everything, but I don't know what happened. If it was COVID kind of screwed things up, I know last year it really did. Um, but yeah, I, that's a, that's a really good question. And, and hopefully not, hopefully the, he gets a little, a little more of a leash, but this could be a really dangerous year where they might not even make a bowl game. Cause they've looked really shaky at times. Yeah. But Oof. Matt, any last thoughts before we head off into the sunset for the weekend and go watch some football? Open all the emails. <laughs> Let's do this now. Let's so. do this now and get it done with. Uh, yeah. Show it all. See what everything's there. But, Maddie, thank you for doing this. This is a blast. Everybody, thank you for listening. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast if you're not already. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Follow us on Instagram, Thunderblog Sports there. The Bullpen Cart Podcast, wherever you get your pods. But for my man, Maddie D, I am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Have a great weekend, everybody. And fly, Eagles, fly, baby. Let's go!